thank you all for coming to the Fenor School Case. And um, I suppose it's a special day, really, that 102 years ago today, on this very day, at this very day, there was eight people from Fenor in custody in Galway, Galway Jail. My uncle was one of them for uh, uh, taking out the new teacher that came in to replace the old teacher. And uh, I suppose that's, that's one of the reasons we have it tonight here, the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the bit of a talk tonight and that. And we'll have questions afterwards. But uh, in, in 1915, Mike O'Shea, the, uh, came, in 1912, he came to Fenor and he was getting on great with, with everybody. And in 1900 and the end of 1914, he fell in love with a local girl and he wanted to get married to her. And I suppose there's a small bit of a twist in the, in the sense that there was two or three very beautiful girls in the one house, in McDonough's house. And uh, as often happens, he fell in love. Uh, there was two very pretty sisters, three very pretty sisters, but he fell in love with Sarah, Sarah McDonough, but unfortunately Sarah didn't fall in love with him. But Katie, her sister, did fall in love with him. And anyway, as time grew on, as time went on, he happened to fall in love with Katie and he wanted to get married to her. And he applied to the Bishop of... He applied to Father Cairn that he wanted to get married to Katie and within three days of receiving the post, uh, Father Cairn came into the school and uh, he said to him, uh, uh, he asked him, uh, he said, uh, you know, he said, I can't give you permission to marry Katie, I want you to marry the assistant teacher in the school. Now, before that, Michael O'Shea had said always that, you know, the priest was kind of hinting to him that he should marry the assistant teacher in the school. Now, for Fenor National School, as was, when uh, I see people here, great, great people that went to Fenor National School, that was, and it was a one-roomed two-teacher school. And that time, you know, a lot of the time there was a partition between the classes. The, the, the principal uh, was up here, and with the seats going down this way, and the assistant was down there with no action, no partition between them, and the seats were going that way. She was down there for Chrissy is selling the books, and that was it. That was the school. About 80, 80, 80 children were going to the school that time. A lot of, lot of, lot of children. So anyway, um, Michael O'Shea asked, the, he asked permission of the priest to be married, and the priest came in one day to him and he said, "Have you not forgotten that I have asked you?" before to marry the assistant teacher. Now this was Michael O'Shea's account of what had happened in Fanon. So uh, Michael O'Shea said he pitched them to hell, he pitched the, the, the father Cairn to hell, and he said, look, I want to marry Katie. He says, I'm not marrying the assistant teacher. So there and then, uh, the priest went down to the assistant teacher's speedroom copybook. He wrote on it a three months notice of dismissal, and as Michael O'Shea said, he threw it at me and walked out the door, Michael O'Shea was dismissed from his post. That was roughly about September of 1940. And then Michael O'Shea started to fight back. Uh, he wrote to the Bishop of Galway, asking him for his protection of the Maynooth Resolution, which was that nobody, no priest could fire a teacher without getting the permission of his bishop. And he hadn't got permission from the bishop. But nevertheless, the bishop stood by his priest and he fired O'Shea. So today, today, 102 years ago, the new teacher was appointed 
and he was Gerardo Lee from uh, Kidanin in County Galway. And he made his way to Fenor, and as Brendan O'Hare says in his book for the, the, the guy to, uh, offered the Begudger's Guide to Politics, he certainly wasn't offered the freedom of Fenor when he arrived. <laughs> now I see here people, he, uh, you know. Uh, so anyway, he arrived in the morning, he arrived in the morning, uh, and the priest arrived and to get the keys of the school off of O'Shea. So Michael O'Shea was there at half, to, half past three in the morning, and the priest asked him, he said, hand over the keys to the school, you're no longer the teacher here. And uh, O'Shea said, no, no, this is my school, this is my school, he says, I've not given you the keys. So the priest turned to his uh, driver who had taken out in the house and trap, and he said, go out to the trap for the key. So your man went out anyway, the man went out, and he brought in a sledgehammer, that was the key. And the priest there indeed broke down the door and put in a road only to teach in the school. And about three quarters of an hour after, and there's relations here, declares from this general and my uncle Paddy Droney, they went over and they pulled out the new teacher and they half murdered him. Were it not for the intervention of were it not for the intervention of the RIC officer, they probably would have murdered him. There was war broke out in Fenor on that day. So the people, which was unusual, uh, 95% of the people stood by, stood by uh, the teacher. And they sent their kids to the residence to be taught the following day. And the priest <coughs> and the bishop absolutely went off the head. Because the people kicked against them. And what was slightly worse than that, and you'll see it here in the clip in the film now in a few minutes, what was slightly worse than that, when Michael O'Shea, that time confirmation was every three years. And when Michael O'Shea brought his pupils into Bellyvahan, which is in the parish of Fenor, or Fenor in the parish of Bellyvahan, uh, the bishop stood in the altar, Bishop O'Dee from Kilfenora, stood in the altar, and he said, I won't be giving any sacrament to anybody from the illegal school in Fenor, he said. So there was a man there from, from Benella, I didn't have him on the book, and I won't have him now either, but he had two sons for confirmation, and... Uh, he went up to the bishop, he faced up the bishop in the altar in Bellyvahan with a horse whip and he had a goat him above the altar in Bellyvahan, this is the truth this is the gospel fact and he says, Tanaman Veal, he says to his two sons Mick and Dan, come on, he says, and he turned to the bishop and he said, you can keep your commandments, and it might be it might be that, that, that those lads were never confirmed because by the time they were in sixth at that time we even had seven class in Fenor, so by the time confirmation came around again, they would be gone now that was Michael O'Shea's story and that I grew up with that in Fenor and I'm sure the Fenor people who were here grew up with it as well until 2000, until the year 2000 and I went into the uh, just down here in the Falls Hotel across the way from us and uh, the INTO brought Michael's two daughters Kay and Kay and Rita to present them with a, with a, with a momentum in honour of their father and I went that time into the uh, archives in Galway to know would they open them up to me. And the first question was no. It was the hope, you know. Anyway, there happened to be a cup of tea going in the place and your man foolishly enough said to me, fatal error on his part, would you like a cup of tea? So I said, sure, God wouldn't be great. Anyway, he was very interested. I was, he, was, he was a lifeboat enthusiast. And when I told him I was involved with the lifeboats, he said, look, come up with you. I'm going to tune to the archives. So when I opened up the archives, I found a whole different story why the church said this act. 
So there were two different stories. The church had to sack him because he was drinking in the place and that he was, uh, uh, he was keeping the worst company in Fenor, <laughs> which was with some of my own people. And I see more people here than that. Opinion, anybody. <laughs> the worst company in Fenor and that he was kissing a lot of women. <laughs> he was courting a lot of women. Now this is what the church said. This is what the church said. That he was, he was, that, that, that was his downfall. And it had nothing whatsoever got to do with he being asked. He was never asked to marry the assistant teacher. And the assistant teacher, and I got a note from her inside in the files <coughs> that there was never a question of he, of he, of he asking her. And I suppose Delia, Delia was assistant, Delia Lillard from Lisbrine and Kilbeck and Tilly Galway. And she was a lovely person. She was an old fashioned teacher, you know, uh, an old fashioned young person. And I remember asking uh, 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 Jack Carbert, he was one of the nicest people I ever met up in, 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 um, in Kilbeckenty, and he was next door neighbour of us. And uh, I said, Jack, did she ever get married? And Jack had a lovely South Galway. And oh, he said, she wants to marry in type, he said to me. <laughs> so uh, I said, how do you know that, Jack? I'd know I'd be looking at her, he said. <laughs> but anyway, that was, the, that was the story. That was the story that the church and when I wrote the book in 2004, I told the two stories. One was the church side, and the other was the teachers. And the people make up their mind. But in the meantime, in the meantime, the second edition of the book. Now I can't tell you everything you want by the bloody book. But, <laughs> but in the meantime, what happened was uh, I got an awful lot of stories of what really happened in Fenor. And what really happened, I suppose, was the class distinction came into it where the priest did interfere with the marriage. He had no right to do that. But that was common, that was common policy, lads, where people, you know, and I'm just going to talk about, about you know, uh, Katie, the girl that did marry Michael O'Shea, her father had a match made for her with a big farmer in the area. That was the problem. That was the big problem. Her, her father had a match made for her. She fell in love with the teacher. When she went back home and she told her father, she said, look, I'm not going to marry this man with the land, I don't love him, I can't marry him. And the father turned to her, and I have it here in the book about another woman, and he said, this is not about love, this is about land. This is about land. And I suppose, I got into in about the Cartier, you know, where, and this is where the class distinction came in, about a Cartier, that one time if a farmer's son uh, fell in love, which he did in the book, I have one woman's story, that she lived with one and loved another for 50 years of her marriage. She fell in love it was a fell in a labourer's cottage and when her father found out about it she, he forbid her ever to see, see him again uh, he went to England she married, she married another man and she told me he was a good man to her they had four children but she never loved him she, said, she told me that the I suppose the passion and the, you know, the, 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 to be free with somebody to be free with somebody she could never release that inside her and that was the class distinction. And God forbid if a fella or a girl went to town and fell in love with someone from the terrace. Now, the terrace would be uh, uh, somebody, I suppose, you know, in the terrace county council houses. Or Christ, if he brought home a showman, or she brought home a showman, she was finished entirely. A showman was someone that would be from the circus, or would be maybe a showman playing with a showman show, or something like that. He was forbid. And my mother and I had a couple of great things, and I said them today on the radio. She used to always say that if you can't marry the woman you, if you can't marry 
If you can't marry the woman you love, you better love the woman you marry. And she would always say at one time as well, you know, that nowadays they're dating and they're seeing each other, you know. That time, that time it was, how long will you great with someone? You know. And she said to you, how long will you, how long will they great for? And I said, ah, I should have worked out six or seven years. Yeah, she, she said, you know what, long children makes bad butter. <laughs> <laughs> and she had the last one before I, before I sit down and shut up. The last one, the last one was, she said, uh, marriage is happiness for some, a cost to a great many, and an uncertainty to all. So that's the fight that Katie had in her hands when she married. She was never let back in home. When she married Michael O'Shea, she was never accepted back in home. And that's, that, that's not unusual. That happened every place. And I'm not sure it's gone for Katie. You know, I'm not sure if a young fella from whatever went out and, and you know, fell in love with, 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 with a cottier. It was awful class distinction. It was terrible stuff. But it happened, and it did happen. And the reason, one of the reasons, and Brian Howley here gave me uh, a, a great insight one time, because I couldn't understand why, why uh, Katie's father, Redmond MacDonald, didn't want her to marry a teacher. Like, like the pillars of, pillars of the parish was the, the, the teacher, the priest, and the guard, and the big farmer. They were the pillars. Why didn't he want her to marry? Like, she should be a good catch. And Brian told me, only only lately, that some historian old county Limerick told him that where the land was very good, and the land was very good in the bottom, where the land was very good, a teacher wasn't good enough. It had to be the land. This was about the field. This was about the land. And a woman from a cottage, and as I hope to God, everyone is from the cottage here, but a woman from the cottage was beneath them. That's what I'm just telling you what they said was beneath them and she wasn't a safe pair of hands for the land she could run from them and she could take the land with her and what, what would they do then? so that's the mother little bits and pieces one of the people that's here Tommy Howard is here Tommy's father 102 years ago went to school on this morning Tommy's down here with the glasses his father went to school 102 years ago to Michael O'Shea that morning so Tommy you're welcome you're a great great root of tradition then this poem is dedicated to my father, Mike Roshay, who taught in Fanor National School, and to the Fanor people who stood by him in troubled times. The village schoolmaster, read by K. O'Shea. Beside young straggling fence that skirts the way, with blossomed firs unprofitably gay, there, in his noisy mansion, skilled to rule, the village master taught his little school. A man severe he was and stern to view. I knew him well, and every truant knew. We had the boding tremblers learned to trace, the day's disaster in his morning face. For well they laughed with counterfeited tea at all his jokes, for many jokes had he. For well the busy whispered circling round conveyed the dismal tidings when he frowned. Yet he was kind, or if severe enough, the love he bore to learning wasn't fault. The village all declared how much he knew. For certain he could write and cipher too. Lands he could measure, terms and tide presage. And even the story ran that he could gauge. In arguing too, the person was old to skill. 
for even though vanquished he could argue still. By words of learned limp and thundering sound, amazed the gazing, rustic range around. And still they gazed, and still the wonder grew, that once one head could carry all he knew.